Hello, and welcome to the Pulse of the Prairies podcast. My name is Andrea Lauder, Communications Manager with Saskatchewan Pulse Growers. Today, we're speaking with Sherry Lynn Phelps, Agronomy Manager with Saskatchewan Pulse Growers. And we will be discussing all things that growers should keep in mind as they prepare to seed their pulse crops this spring. Thanks for joining us, Sherry Lynn. Thank you for having me. So as growers prepare for spring seeding, what are the top five things that they should consider or review before heading to the field with pulses? Well, that's a good question because it's, you know, something that they can kind of relook at just to make sure they're ready before they hit the field. And some of the things to think about include things that pertain to the seed going in the ground. So seed quality and seeding rates are something to just kind of recheck on. Also look at your inoculant, make sure that you're storing it well and have it ready to go. Review your fertility plans and make sure that you know what you're putting down and what the safe rates are with seed. And then as you're getting into the field, consider what seeding depth and kind of what dates you're gonna be targeting going forward. So you talked about seed quality. What is meant by seed quality and how can growers influence the quality of their seed as they get ready for seeding? Seed quality is really about the health of the seed. And, you know, seed is first and possibly the most important factor a grower can make decisions on. It's the starting block for a good crop. So making sure you have healthy seed in terms of the amount of germination, so good germination and bigger, but also you can look at the disease levels on the seed. And if there is diseases present, knowing whether a seed treatment will help control those will be important. Other things to consider with seed quality is how you're handling that seed and whether there might be some mechanical damage. Anytime we're dealing with pulses, we're dealing with a crop with a thinner seed coat. So handling them gently is very important. Small, tiny cracks in a seed coat can actually carry through right to the embryos and can impact germination. Not only that, Seed cracking can also be the first site where soil pathogens and seedling diseases can get in and cause those seed or seedling diseases to start as well. Sherry Lynn, you mentioned seed treatments. Are there concerns with the compatibility of chemical seed treatments and the inoculants? You know, that's a good question because with inoculants, they are living organisms. They are rhizobia that interact with the plant and help form the nodules which fix the nitrogen for the plant. And anytime you have a chemical pesticide such as a a seed treatment, a fungicide, I guess I should say, on a seed, you run the risk of it influencing the amount of rhizobia that could be present on the seed if you are dealing with a seed applied inoculant. So there are compatibility sheets and the compatibility information provided by each of the inoculant companies. And what, in a nutshell, it really means is knowing how you're going to put that seed applied inoculant on. Are you gonna put it on before you put the seed treatment on, after you put the seed treatment on, or at the same time? Of course, the safest method when we're dealing with compatibility is putting the seed treatment on first, letting it dry, then applying your inoculant as you're in the field getting ready to seed. That's the the safest way, but there are some products and recommendations that can be done differently as well. Now, if you're dealing with granular inoculants, there is very little impact of seed treatments because they're not, the granules are 
applied separately from the seed. They're put down with the seed, but not right on top of the seed treatment. So they are safe in terms of um, the compatibility side of things. We all know pulses fix their own nitrogen, but overall fertility is important for feeding the crop. What should growers be focusing on as seeding approaches? That's a great question, and, and it's one that I always like talking about because a lot of pulses in the past have been considered no input crops and very little fertility used with them. But we've learned over the last five and ten years that pulses do respond and do need nutrients. You need to feed the crop if you want to attain those high yields. So when we're talking about fertility, a lot of growers and agronomists now are moving towards applying fertility based at least on the removal rates. So the amount of grain that you are targeting in terms of harvest yield and how many how much nutrients are contained within that grain that you're removing from the field. So from a balanced fertility approach on the field, you want to make sure that your rates that you're applying are going to equate to what you're taking off the field. That will help for future crops as well, just keeping those fields balanced. Now, things to consider when we're moving into seeding operations and reviewing not only your rates, but it's also looking at where you're putting that fertility. Um, peas and lentils are fairly sensitive to seed placed phosphorus and, and fertility, so making sure you know what those maximum rates are. With peas, it's a re recommended that uh, 15 pounds of actual phosphorus per acre is the maximum amount you want to be putting with the seed based on a seed bed utilization of about 10 to 15%. So if you are putting higher amounts down, um, then you should be looking at banding, side banding, or upping the amount that are with the next year's or the previous crop. So knowing the, the safe rate with the seed is important. Seed size and seeding rates are also important factors to consider during spring seeding, especially with pulses. Why is that, and what can growers do to ensure appropriate seeding rates are used? Well, the biggest thing with pulses is knowing your seed size. Um, seed size with the pulse crop varies tremendously by variety and by lot. So if you just seed based on the standard rate, such as a bushel or three bushels per acre, and don't take into account your seed size, you could be putting down more than you need to, which is costing you dollars. Or on the flip side, which is even more critical, if seed size is larger than average, then you may be skimping on the number of seeds going down and maybe starting with lower plant populations and jeopardizing yield potential right off the start. Pulses can't compensate like hybrid canola can for reduced plant stands. So they are kind of limited in terms of recovering from those low plant populations. If you have low plant populations early on, it reduces the competitiveness with weeds and, and can really limit your yield potential. Getting the right number of viable seeds into the ground is critical for yield and to help with weed competition. So in a nutshell, calculating your seeding rates using the actual seed size or thousand kernel weight of your individual seed lot is very important and something that's worth double checking before you get into the field. So what pulses should growers be seeding first? And what seeding dates are important to keep in mind? So in terms of seeding, so that's always a good question because deciding what crop you're gonna seed first can always be challenging. And typically we look at 
the maturity of the crop as well as their temperatures required for germination. So when we're talking about pulse crop, faba beans are the first pulse crop that should go in as they can germinate under cool, cooler conditions such as three to five degrees Celsius. Most other cool season pulses such as peas and lentils need at least five degrees Celsius um, as a minimum soil temperature. Um, the other reason faba beans should go in first is that they do have a very long maturity, so early seeding is a must. In terms of the next pulse, I would target peas and then followed by lentils. Chickpeas like a bit warmer soil and their minimum soil temperature should be around seven degrees, so they can be seeded after lentils. They also have a longer maturity, so you don't want to delay seeding too much, and they should be in the ground by about the third week of May or prior to May 25th. If the soils are warm and conditions are good, they can be seeded earlier. With faba beans, pea, lentil, and chickpea, we also must remember that they have growing points below the ground on their scale nodes, as well as at the seed. So therefore, they can recover from heavy spring frost or pests that damage the above ground portions. This allows them also to be seeded a bit earlier. Soybeans and dry beans are warmer season pulses, and they have growing points above the ground only. This means that they require soil, warmer soil temperatures, about 10 degrees Celsius, before you should be considering seeding them. So you can use soil, kind of your soil temperature at depth as a guide to when you can get into the field and help you to understand which pulse is ready to be seeded. Do pulses differ in optimal seeding depth? And how important is depth with larger seeded crops such as pulses? So that's a, that's a great question as well. Uh, pulses are larger seeded crops, which means they need to take up a lot of moisture and which means they should be seeded well into moist soil. With direct seeding, there's often a good residue layer which helps keep moisture closer to the surface. As I mentioned earlier, peas, lentils, chickpeas, and fava beans all have growing points below the surface. And if they are seeded too shallow, those points can be jeopardized. Typically around one and a half to two inches deep is an appropriate seeding date for, or seeding depth for most pulses. You can also seed them up to three inches if seeding larger seeded varieties, such as the larger faba bean varieties, or if soil moisture is a bit on the lower side and you need to hit de deeper depth to reach good moisture. With soybeans, the recommendation is shallower seeding at three quarters to one and a half inches as they like warmer soil and the growing point is above the ground anyway. So I hope that helps kind of understand depth is important. Seeding into moist soil is critical with these larger seeds. Um, but typically, you know, that one and a half to two inches depth is kind of an optimum rate you could use for most of our pulses. However, you can seed peas and beans a little bit deeper if you need to get into more moisture. Thank you for all of your time today, Sherry Lynn, and all of your great recommendations. If people are looking for more information on seeding, where can they go to find it? Well, thanks, Andrea. It's been a great opportunity. In terms of more information on seeding pulses, there's a lot of information on the Fast Pulse website in the growing section. So I, I, I encourage everyone to refer to that, that section and uh, look for the information there.